You're listening to WCOMLP 103.5 FM Carborough and Chapel Hill. It's a Tuesday, it's five o'clock, and that only means one thing. It's time for another round of Snarky Faith with your host, Stuart Deloney. This is a space where we irreverently wrestle through life, culture, and spirituality, all with our heads in the clouds, our tongues in our cheeks, our hearts in our sleeves, and our feet on the ground. At Snarky Face, the questions or even the answers are never the point. It's all about the conversation. So here's your host, Stuart Deloney. Well, good afternoon and welcome to another round of Snarky Faith Radio. I'm your host, Stuart Deloney, and welcome, welcome, welcome back again here into the Snark Dome. I don't know. What's welcome back to Snarky Faith Radio? That'll work for us. And, and what? What a week we've had so much to talk about, especially if you hail from the state of North Carolina, where we had, hmm, how do we put this? A little bit of a hiccup in the weather? No, that's not the right word. I'm looking for words to help describe exactly what was going on. It's tremendously big and tremendously wet. Tremendous amounts of water, 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 water. That's right. I got it. Thanks, jackass. I didn't know what it was called. It's not really called. I mean, it's a big water thing. Oh, hold on. A hurricane. Yes, I just remembered how to use my words again. (laughs) We should all do that from time to time. So, yes, North Carolina, South Carolina has been shut down. Not anymore. Not anymore. But we (laughs) went through floods, hurricanes, and the insanity that continues in the aftermath of that. So we're going to talk a little bit about the Christian response to the hurricanes because, you know, you know, you know, when we have natural disasters, that's when all of the body of Christ comes out to only give us their best. Of course. How would we do anything otherwise? <laughs> but you also know this is a show called Snarky Faith Radio. So Take that with a grain of salt. So we're going to go through talking about some of the hurricane response, and then we're going to switch over to the storm that is happening right in front of us now. Goodbye, Florence. Hello, Brett Kavanaugh. Oh, has anyone been listening to the news at all? I really haven't. Have you heard anything special about that aristocratic dreamboat, Brent Kavanaugh? Because you know I love those prep school boys that have no accountability or consequences. You know them? Oh, wait, that sounded judgy. I'll save that for later. So yes, 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 we'll be going through that. And we'll be going through many other things in our journey here this hour on Snarky Faith Radio. Because that's why you've come here. For more snark. And more, more, more snark. So if you are a regular listener of ours, you will know that now, here at the beginning of the show, this is the time for the Christian Crazy in the News. So here we go. Claude Hammers, the Lord is my shepherd. He know what I want. Now with that, I bring you the Christian Crazy of the Week, our hurricane edition. Now. When I was reading the papers like two weeks ago and sensing in my spirit, what's going on out there in the nebulous? What's happening with the meteorological forecast? I, I, I did feel something was off. I, I felt something ominous, something bad was going on. 
Hey, uh, Jim Baker, did you feel the same way as I did? thing that I'm trying to say, and I'm serious, I have prophet friends mm -hmm. that sincerely believe that within weeks a crisis is going to hit that is going to be irreversible and, and shock the world. You're totally right, Jim. I mean, I wasn't talking to my, my prophet friends because I try my best not to have friends that refer to themselves as prophets on a regular basis. But that's just, that's a me thing, Jim. That's, that's really just a me thing. So you, you do you. So I was feeling like some bad weather was coming this way, and apparently you're feeling the same way. Um, my feelings just kind of in my gut that, you know, this hurricane, we are in hurricane season, and, you know, what we've been seeing with climate change making hurricanes worse, this was going to be a bad problem. Now, now, that's my take on it there, Jim. But I want to know, what's, what's your take on it? What was your take on, on this hurricane that was approaching? I mean, the news we read today. Yeah, Manda, we read it every day. Yeah. Horrible things they're doing against God. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's so shocking that I can't even tolerate it. Right. And so I know something's coming. Yes. And that's why we have decided to offer a new bucket of food. Mm-hmm. I see what you did there, Jim. That was crafty. That was good. That was good. You kind of pulled a fast one on us. You, you were talking about perilous times, about ominous, bad things happening, and, and keeping it just vague enough where you could apply it to anything. I'm sure you've learned that from your prophet friends. If you keep your prophecies as vague as possible, you can always claim that you're right. So good. I see what you're doing there. And, 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 Jim, you remember your Glengarry Glen Ross always be selling. That's what you're supposed to do. Always be selling. You don't want to settle for steak knives. No, you're always going to be selling your end times food buckets. Why? Why is that? Because you love us. Because you love us. And that's what this hurricane has taught us all. Hooray! And as I'm legally required to once an hour here on this show, I'm required to remind you that this show is called Snarky Faith, and we will be full of sarcasm. If you don't understand sarcasm, I really can't help you. But we're in the midst of Christian crazy, so enough of these PSAs. Let's continue on. So we knew this. We're going back week. Jim's feeling the bad feelings in his gut. And... And we have Cat Care, who is going to help us here. The hurricane was approaching, and she had the answer. She was going to pray it away. Let's, let's, let's just hear what she had to say about that. Because you're going to be shocked at the end of this and realize that they were all wrong. I'm going to address Florence first. That is, of course, off of the, the East Coast. It's still out in the Atlantic, okay? But they, they're forecasting it will hit It'll make a turn to the west and northwest, and it's going to hit somewhere in North Carolina, they're saying. South Carolina, they're still not sure. We're saying it's not going to do that, all right? We're not going to agree with any of the uh, forecasts they're giving for that storm. The categories it's going to get to, the damage it's going to do, the flooding it's going to do. It's almost like they're calling it. We aren't calling it. We are crushing it. Oh, Kat, you're crushing it. You're totally crushing it. Just not the hurricane, but you just keep doing what you're doing, girl. You're doing a fine job of being a crackpot prophet that shows randomly up on different televangelist shows and has a decent following on social media as well. So, <laughs> so 
Cat, you gave it your best. You were trying to crush it. But, but, not saying man can do it better. But when you're talking in the conservative, Christian, evangelical world, they would always tell you a man can do it better. And remember, sarcasm. But <laughs> let's listen to a heavier weight, who's, of course, a man, because he knows what he's talking about. He's a man with a microphone who doesn't die and continues to get in front of his the TV cameras at his studio day after day to give us a bunch of whatever the hell he does. Yes, Pat Robertson. I, I You probably could have listed off a hundred people that I was talking about in that kind of an intro, but Pat Robertson, Kat was doing her best crushing it. And Pat Robertson was standing up to defend the people of Virginia Beach as long as they're on the grounds of CBN Studios. So we're going to hear also all the hard work, the heavy lifting that Pat did before the storm to preserve CBN Studios. Because, you know, if we've learned anything from Jesus, it's all about being selfless. It's really, truly about selfless. And let's go ahead and hear this truly, truly selfless act. If that hurricane you know, veers off and goes up into the Atlantic, it'll be harmless, no lives will be lost, no property will be damaged. What could be a multi-billion dollar uh, property damage will be averted. And I just believe you and I together, the Bible says, where two of you agree on earth as touching anything that they will ask, it'll be done for them by my Father which is in heaven. Now, this is the same Jesus who you may, commanded the wind and the waves when he was out on the Sea of Galilee. He said, peace be still. And they said, what manner of man is this? The wind and the waves obey him. They will obey our voice if we are together with one accord. Now, together, I'm asking all of us to believe God. I don't want that thing to come in. I don't want it to hurt region. I don't want it to hurt CBN. I don't want it to tear up these beautiful campus. I don't want to tear these trees down. I don't want to see any damage. I don't want a bunch of glass flowing. This is like no joke. I, I've heard from so many hurricane survivors that flying glass is, is the silent killer. It's the silent killer of the hurricanes. It really is. And Pat Robertson wants nothing to do with it. Man, Pat, you go, boy. You go. And I love how you've been doing this. You're praying that you're, you know, that you're saying, hey, Jesus, you've got the power to do this. Make sure, make sure you put that hedge of protection. Make sure you protect what's mine. What I've built, what is mine. There's a lot of money in CBN Studios. Jesus, you know this. Protect this hedge around this spot. But guess what? But guess what? But guess what? After the hurricane passed, Pat, Pat took his, his victory lap, as, as he should have. As he should have. Because if we've learned anything from Christianity, it's that you've really got to pat yourself on the back publicly as much as possible, especially if you have a pulpit or a microphone. So really, really, this is his God-given duty. Over the years, we've seen a tremendous number of hurricanes. This was called Hurricane Alley. And we've seen many, many, many prayers being answered. Uh, we prayed together and our staff a few days ago, 
And I ask the Lord to move that hurricane's course away from this area. And from what we gather right now, the uh, storm track has shifted south of this area. And uh, uh, we no longer are under the threat of a serious uh, hurricane here. Oh, fuck you, Pat. Fuck you. I'm sorry. At some point, the snarky facade has to come down at some level. It, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Think about this. Think about this logically. <laughs> then the victory lap that he's having here. And I'm not being very snarky. I'm just being an ass right now. But seriously, think about this from a logical standpoint. So he and his team, his staff, they pray. They pray for God to spare CBN Studios, to spare the people there, to spare all the money that's been invested in their facility, their monument, their kingdom to themselves. They pray for God to move the hurricane. And if you're believing in like the logic that he has, if you're in his world and you're down in North Carolina and South Carolina, your answer is, oh my God, fuck you, Pat. Fuck you. Fuck you. I mean, Think about that. Really, 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 really just think about that. This selfish a-hole, again, using his logic, not my own, like, brain and science and how things actually happened in the world and honestly how God works or should work. No, I'm not using that part. I'm using Pat's logic here. So they pray, they move the storm, it wrecks other people's lives. Praise God! You delivered us! And we're not going to look anywhere south. You see, that's why all of this stuff is crazy. That's why all of this stuff, from cat care to all of these guys, they, it, it's, it's, it's insanity, it's crazy, and it is simply just a power structure to continue, to continue to keep control over his listeners, over the people that continue to give money to them. If you heard what he was saying earlier on, if we only, if we only pray enough, if we only believe enough, we can move this hurricane. Like, let that sink in. Like, like, for those in that Christian sphere that we're going to do this. Now, I understand we want to believe in the power of prayer and that God is active in doing things in the world today. Yes. But, but, I think that what happens too often is that Christians are caught up in the wrong thing. They're not seeing where people, <laughs> the body of Christ, should be able to shine. It's not getting caught up in preventing these natural disasters. It's about being like the hands and feet of God during these natural disasters. It's about going and helping people. It's not simply just about getting food buckets because you're worried about some sort of ambiguous bad thing that's going to happen whoever knows when but just keep giving us money or then the pat robertson's it's like oh look what we did look what we did we moved the hurricane so that means you should believe us and continue to give us more money it's all a scam and it has nothing to do with god it has nothing to do with jesus it has nothing to do with the gospel any of the, this other stuff this is just craziness it is just craziness and that is probably the nicest thing I could say because I started off being not so nice towards Pat Robertson. But when we see this, it just begins to just boggle the mind how far people of faith have moved from really the work 
of Christ. I mean, we're using stories here. Pat Robertson's using the stories about, oh, Jesus could do this. Okay, yes, but Pat, you're not Jesus, okay? You're not Jesus. I'm sorry, you may think you are. You're not. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So if you thought all of that was crazy, because it was in a segment called Christian Crazy, we've got one better for you. And we're going to go from this hurricane to the next hurricane. We're going to get to the WTF for this week, and it's a good one. It's a good one. And, 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 it's been so many weeks since he's been on my show. Franklin Graham has agreed to be back on with his hateful, bigoted, misogynist rhetoric. Oh, would you expect anything else? <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> I don't even know if he's human anymore. But let's listen to what he has to say in our WTF of the week. What in the hot hell is wrong with you? What the hell is wrong with you people? Uh, Reverend Graham, you have blogged about the sexual assault allegation against Judge Kavanaugh saying the confirmation needs to move forward. Do you think the Senate should disregard this accusation? I don't think you'd uh, disregard it. I think uh, they're going to have to, no question, uh, listen to it. But uh, this accusation, I guess, was with uh, Senator Feinstein uh, weeks ago. So I think they've pulled it out here at the 11th hour uh, for all political purposes. And it's, it's just a shame that a person like uh, Judge Kavanaugh, who has a stellar record, uh, that somebody can bring something up that he did when he was a teenager close to 40 years ago. Uh, that's not relevant. Uh, we've got to look at a person's life and what they've done as an adult and are they qualified for this position. So this is just an attempt to smear him. Uh, they couldn't find anything uh, else uh, in his record. And so this is just an attempt to smear him and to smear his name and put a, a, a black uh, dot on it. And I hope the Senate is smarter than this and they're not going to let this uh, uh, stop the process from moving forward and confirming this man. So we'll get to the more wtf -y stuff. Oh, you thought it was bad already? <laughs> That's my best evil laugh. Maybe it's a good one. Maybe it's not. But yes, on Fox News, they're asking Franklin Graham on his thoughts on the sexual allegations that have been lobbied against Brett Kavanaugh. So they're asking him this question. And his answer, his answer is akin to what I've been seeing. And we'll, we'll, we'll dive deeper into this, but I, I just wanted to point out some of the consistencies. We're going to be talking about this, the Christian response to Kavanaugh right now. And as we progress beyond the W2F into the main story, you're going to begin to see this, but I'm going to give you a tease of what we'll be talking through. Because what you could hear as, as, as he was talking, so he was doing this. He was actually like sat, standing in several different points. He was hopping between them. And the first thing that he was doing was, was denying this as, this as something that's just strictly political. Something that's strictly political. Then he goes on to say, it's, it's not relevant. It's not relevant because it happened so long ago. So first of all, it didn't happen. But if it did, it happened so long ago. And you've got to look at the good work that this guy has done. And this is something I've continued to hear. Christians and people speak out against this over and over, trying to defend Kavanaugh because of these allegations. And as we've seen this week, more allegations. Yay, you get an allegation, you get an allegation, you get an allegation. Oh, Brett Kavanaugh is just winning it this week. 
Now, I have no idea if any of these are true or not, but what needs to be able to happen in these situations is is the victims need to be heard. They need to be heard and not swept away. But I said just a few moments ago that this is the WTF section of our show, and we hadn't even really hit it yet. That was just an appetizer. So, Franklin, I'm sorry. I think you should continue. What kind of message do you think it sends to sexual abuse victims uh, when they're told that it's not relevant, something that happened years ago? Well, there, there, there wasn't a crime that was committed. Uh, these are two teenagers, uh, and, uh, and it's obviously she said no, and uh, he respected it, and uh, walked away. Wait, 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 wait. Like, put on your pump the brakes, pump the brakes, pump the brakes, Franklin, pump the brakes right now. Come on, hold on, stop, full stop. We need to, like, stop right now. So, I know I mentioned earlier that you were kind of trying to play several different sides of this game, but before, he hasn't done anything. Now we're at the, well, well, I mean, she said no, and he said, all right, after allegedly holding her down, covering up her mouth, you know, that kind of a thing. That's not, I don't really, I, that's not, I mean, unless you're into some sort of a weird kink scene, maybe you are, Franklin. Maybe you are. Maybe we just broke that here. Franklin Graham is a kinky boy. No, but like, this isn't like normal, like high school foreplay. Is that what you're trying to get? Oh, just two kids messing around with rapey hijinks, you know. Kid stuff. Kid stuff. Oh, God. I want to throw up in my mouth every time you talk, Franklin Graham. And if that makes you horny, I'm not surprised. But I'll let you continue to dig the hole that you're already in. Keep digging, buddy. Keep digging. I believe in you. Uh, if that's the case. But he says that he didn't do it. He just flat out says that's just not true. So um, regardless if it was true... Um, so this is the moment of truth where he has just set himself up saying, regardless if it is true, dot, 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 come on, regardless if the attempted rape is true, Franklin Graham, dot, 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 regardless if, 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 then of course he can repent, he can ask for forgiveness, he can seek a road of 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 reconciliation to be able to right the wrongs he's done that's what you're going to say right franklin that would be probably like the good christian answer of just admit the bad things you've done really kind of come before you and the lord really do a lot of soul searching maybe get some help some counseling try to figure out why you're such a horrible human being you know that's kind of the work that brett kavanaugh or frankly you should be doing right now figuring out why you're just a terrible piece of human garbage that continues to say they're speaking for the Lord. Yeah, that kind of a thing. Yeah, you, that soul-searching, then that road to redemption of trying to right the wrongs you've committed. That that should be the righteous Christian answer. But you know, you know where we're going. You know the show. You know that's not what he's going to say. But let's let him finish anyways. These are two teenagers. And uh, he said, or she said no, and he respected that. So I, I don't know what the issue is. Um, is, uh, this is just an attempt to smear his name. That's all. All right. Well, I don't think she's saying he respected her decision. I think she's saying that someone else helped her flee the situation. Uh, so, uh, but it sounds like you think it, it's not relevant to him being considered on the high court. 
No, I really don't, uh, because uh, how far back do we go, Heather, in, in a person's life? Uh, there's a lot of things that I've done uh, when I was a teenager that I certainly am ashamed of. See the subtle mention that he may be a kinky, naughty boy. He's got a past. He's a bad boy. He's a rebel. He's a rebel. And the answer he should give right now, which I've already said, is if any of this stuff happened, he needs to do the work. He needs to do the work to make these things right and to bring truth to light. But of course, that's not the case here in Franklin Graham's or, or the uh, conservative rights eyes. It's not. Because all these, quote, righteous men want is the Supreme Court nomination that's going to do their bidding, that believes and sees the world the way they do. Now, I know that you could probably say if his daughter or someone that he knew was in a similar assault situation, it would change his mind. But the fact of the matter is, he has no empathy. He's a disgusting human being. And the Christian response in all of this ends up being incredibly, incredibly Machiavellian. Well, it may have happened or it may not have happened. Or if it did happen, well, I mean, ultimately down deep, the end justifies the mean. We really just want that Supreme Court seat because we believe God is sovereign and in power, but it really, really, really helps if we've got some of our guys in positions of power. So which is it? Which is it? Which is it? Pat Robertson's, which is it? Franklin Graham's, you know, do you need to continue to get your hands dirty and all this other stuff like turning Christianity to a business or into a political platform? Which one is it? Is God in charge or are you really needing to nudge him and help him do the work also. Aw, is God not enough for you, Franklin Graham? God not enough for you, Jim Baker? Pat Robertson and Cat Care? Maybe God is not enough for you. But I don't know. That's a whole different show. And if we're going to hold people accountable for things that they did 40 years ago and say whether it's relevant or not relevant, this is a tactic by the left. Uh, to try to keep conservatives uh, off the bench. And uh, it's unfortunate that it's, it's working. Uh, people are, are up in arms over this, uh, like, oh, this is such a, a disaster. You're talking about two teenagers uh, 40 years ago. That has nothing to do with what, we, what we're talking about today, about this man being a judge on the Supreme Court. And they call it a sexual assault. Uh, uh, no, I don't, no I, don't, I don't believe it. Well, there you have it. Franklin Graham ultimately doesn't believe it. And pretty much in his defense of Brett Kavanaugh goes ahead and says in a backwards kind of way that all they really do care about is getting conservative judges on the bench and it doesn't really matter. And they continue to downplay the things that really matter. The things that, well, if you kind of look at the Bible, should matter. Like the words of Jesus about like loving people, about listening to people about realizing <laughs> that, that we're in a very messy situation and living in a very messy world. And when we have situations like this, I mean, have we not, like, seriously, we're in 2018 right now. Have we not learned from 2017 and 2016 and on and on and on? Do we not continue to learn as we move forward? And this is my cry here to, to the Christians in America, to the church, is to, is to be able to see this situation for really what it is. It's something that continues just to tune up the hypocrisy for the religious right. 
Like we downplay sexual assault because something else is more important to us. Like what happened to this young woman? That doesn't matter. Because really the easiest way to go sexual assault, teenagers, we don't care about any of this stuff because we want to get what we want to get. And we don't care what it takes for us to get there. I mean, we've seen that. How else, how else in any conceivable notion can you see the religious right, the evangelicals, Christians in America getting behind Trump? It's, there's no conceivable reason behind this other than we want to get what we want to get and we don't care how we get it. Pretty sure that was in the Gospels, right, guys? Wasn't that? Yeah, get what you get and don't care who you squish in the process. Not the words of Jesus at all. But that doesn't stop you one bit. So this is our main story. We're talking into the hypocrisy that's going on in the Christian world surrounding Brett Kavanaugh. And when I begin to look over the landscape of Christianity, what gets me the most about what's occurred through the Me Too movement is the fact that somehow Christians don't seem to get it at all. They seem to be the last ones, or they're holding out for a time where they can get back to the misogyny and the assault and being general perverts. I'm not sure, but don't believe me. I mean, we have the the Paige Pattersons of the world that shows <laughs> that the best way to handle with a sexual assault victim is to silence them and to shame them. Oh, because that playbook has also been used by Bill Hybels from Willow Creek. Shame, silence, Mark Driscoll, and the mystery goes on and on and on. Oh, you guys, you guys, you guys. Emphasis on the guys part. I mean, what is the religious right trying to do here? What are they trying to normalize rape? Oof, oof, oof. I don't even like saying that but their actions are fairly disgusting. And if you don't believe me, let's go ahead. And this is from the New York Times. And I'll quote from them. One of the political costs of failing to confirm Brett Kavanaugh is likely the loss of the United States Senate, said Ralph Reed, the founder of Faith and Freedom Coalition, who is a frequent contact with the White House. Um, he continued to say, if, if the Republicans were to fail to defend and confirm such an obviously an eminently qualified and decent nominee, then it will be very difficult to motivate and energize the faith-based and conservative voters in November. The evangelist Franklin Graham, one of, hey, he's popping up here twice. The evangelist Franklin Graham, one of Trump's most unwavering defenders, told the Christian Broadcasting Network this week, I hope the Senate is smarter than this and they're not going to let this stop the process from moving forward until confirming this man. Emph I put the emphasis there, but again, we need to confirm this man. We got to get this good man in there. And, and what we're just continuing to see here is, <laughs> is, is strategy. And, and I feel like we continue to get to this place, you know, where it's, you know, before like it was like party over country. And now I feel like it's party over gender or party over 
humanity like i don't even know where we're getting to here where like the main story here is ah don't worry about this don't worry about her all this is bs just confirm just confirm all we got to do is get this guy on the seat but come on why 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 do they care so much beyond the obvious beyond the obvious well well we all know that we've got roe v wade on the line and we all know that the conservatives are really scared about their, quote, religious liberty and how it's under attack and how those, ooh, evil, mean, LGBTQ people are coming for your bathroom stall. They're coming for your rights. They're coming for your cakes. Nobody messes with my cakes. If you've ever been, just literally, this is an aside, if you have ever really been to a church potluck, the caking that goes on there, like the cake competition amongst the women there, it gets pretty brutal. So there's a deep, deep history of love of cakes. Not really. Um, no, no, no. But, but what we're continuing to see here are these three things. And I want you to watch uh, through this. And it's something that I just have begun to see like as, as I've been watching through the news. And, and I think the initial way and I've mentioned this already, but the initial way you'll begin to see people is they'll fall into really kind of two camps. So they're either going to deny this. This is a political ploy. This didn't happen. He's a good man. Don't even bring this up. We need to just make it go away. Don't even look here. You don't see what's happening. Just keep moving. Just keep moving in the process. And then the second camp that we're seeing is really the what's the big deal camp. What's the big deal about all of this? What's the big deal? But what I eventually want to get to is the insidious third camp. The first two are easy to see. We're going to talk more about the insidious third camp. So let's dive in. And so one article I want to kind of hop through, and it's, it's a good one. Uh, it's by Brandy Miller, a columnist over at Huffington Post called Evangelicals Value Protecting Power Over Protecting Women. The title alone is really all you need to hear. But you came here for more snark, so we'll go through all of that. But she begins the article in such a wonderful and pointed way. Um, she says this. She says, why is it so difficult for some people to just admit that sexual assault is bad? President Donald Trump's evangelical base seems to have a particularly hard time with this. Amid allegations that the Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh sexually assaulted Christine Blasey Ford several decades ago, it has become clear that prominent evangelical leaders will do whatever it takes to trivialize such an incident in the name of political and patriarchal power. And I think that is so much of this. And we continue to have this problem in the church. Now, one huge problem, why, why does the church continue to have this? <laughs> it's a problem that we're seeing in other places in the world, too. We don't have enough women in leadership positions. It's been a boys' club for far too long. If you look at the Catholic Church, it's a very big boys' club who like very little boys. And I don't mean that flippantly. It's disgusting. But we continue to see this problem, whether it be from the Catholic Church to the evangelical church. We see this problem where we see power corrupting and we see it in the hands of men that continue to wield their power over women. And, and we continue to see this here. I mean, seriously, conservatives, can you not find a candidate that doesn't have like a Roy Moorish kind of uh, tint to him <laughs> or tinge or smell or stench to him? I mean, seriously, we've seen this. You'll get someone that they will endorse like a Roy Moore, like a a Kavanaugh, and what we see is they stick to this to the end, even when the truth is being shown to them over and over and over. And I've heard enough sermons preached in my life 
And I've heard this phrase brought up at the end when they're trying to bring people to salvation, and they say this, the truth will set you free. So if we like to preach this so much, why don't we want to do this? What I consistently see here is the white dudes that don't want to give up their positions of power. That none of this, none of this, I've been saying this, but I'll say this even more, none of this has to do with God. None of this has to do with the ways and teachings of Jesus. Zero, zilch, none. And as you begin to think about that, think about this. All these people that I've mentioned today, some of them you will say are just outright, just abject fools, like the Jim Bakers and the Pat Robertsons. But those fools command an audience. Those fools get lots of dollars from people on a regular basis. Those fools have facilities. And those fools are rich. Fools like Franklin Graham as well, too. They're trying to protect their own. What's in it for me? And guess what? Hmm, let me think about that. What's in it for me? I only care about myself. I want to just take what I, what I want and get it and grab for power. Wait, that kind of sounds like the allegations that are being lobbied against Tim Kavanaugh. What? Forcing himself on a woman? Huh? He wanted something. She didn't, but he was going to take it anyway. Oh my gosh, wait. Is all of this cyclical in nature, this, this creepy, insidious, greedy, grab for power over and over again, is all the same? Huh? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And when I complained just a few moments ago about the idea that the conservatives have run to party over country, that's fine. That's politics. There's Democrats that do party over country as well, too. So I'm not even pointing them out for that. But what I'm actually pointing out is I think that conservatives now are putting party over God. I mean, if we're legitimately, like, literally talking about the kingdom of God, the thing that these guys are supposed to be all about, about helping people, about healing the world, about bringing, like, the ways and and compassion and love and kindness of Jesus to the world. You know, those guys like Franklin Graham that runs an evangelistic organization, you know, that kind of a thing, like that kind of like wheelhouse center cut right in the middle, that, that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys that are supposed to be in the know, which is why people send the money because they just follow like just foolish sheep and believe whatever horrible things this guy says. He's putting himself over the kingdom of God. He's putting himself over Jesus. He's putting himself on the throne, if I'm going to get in churchy terms here right now. God's not in the throne to these guys. They are. And that's the problem of this. That's the problem. I mean, how can any of these men call themselves a Christian and, and turn to a person that is saying that they were abused? They were abused. And be like, eh, that's not the main point. Nah, it's not the big story here. Nah, I don't believe it. It's disgusting. It's sick. And it has nothing to do with Jesus. Let me finish and go continue on into the article that I'm reading right now. So the article continues saying this. The church loves to talk about sexual purity but cannot take responsibility for sexual assault within its community. This double standard only serves to reinforce a patriarchal power by protecting men as impulsive beings and doing whatever comes naturally to them while characterizing victim, uh, the, the women they victimize as beguiling and lustful sinners. 
This is not new, she goes on to say. The Bible has plenty of stories, including the resurrection of Jesus, where a woman's perspective is called an idle tale. In Scripture, the women are either believed or unbelieved truth tellers or completely unrecorded perspectives in the narratives that are full of sexual and violence and perpetuated by men women. I'm <laughs> perpetuated by men, sorry. And and what what she's getting at here, and what she's even mentioning, which is a great point, is that even if you look in the gospel story, Jesus dies and he's resurrected. And who is the first person that Jesus appears to? He appears to the women that came to his grave. He tells them that he's alive and to go tell the others. They go and tell the others. They the others don't believe them. They don't believe the women, which is crazy because these women have been with them the whole time. They have been walking (laughs) with these women, the disciples, the women, and Jesus. They've been walking together. And then for them to come and say, but of course, Jesus is alive. What? Why would he do that? Why would he absolutely do that? He would, of course, come to the men first. Because was Jesus not just killed by a power-hungry patriarchal situation in Rome? No, 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 forget about that. (laughs) Because we as Christians do that so easily all the time. We forget about the thing that's right in front of us, the right thing to do. Yes, Jesus appeared to the women first. And the men didn't believe them. And here we are thousands of years later in a similar situation. The men are having a hard time believing the women. Because I honestly believe it's inconvenient for them. Now, I'm not saying that's right. It's a disgusting answer. But I feel like it's frankly inconvenient. And we begin to see people as just mere pawns or playthings or sexual toys or any kind of thing where they're not like equal humans on standpoint. Like where I don't look across from me and see another human being. Something has happened. Something has gone wrong. Now, it's easy to see that in situations, especially that we've seen come out through the Me Too movement, the Harvey Weinsteins, the Matt Lowers of the world, and, and heck, the, even the Louis C.K.'s of the world. Well, not heck, uh, including the Louis C.K.'s of this world, where you have these men doing these horrible things that they somehow think are okay to women that if you were to really think about it, they somehow are not seeing the humanity of these women. Now, those men are outside the church, and those men are different from how I'm speaking about right now. I'm not holding them to any kind of accountability based upon the ways of the church. They need to be held (laughs) to an accountability based upon the law of the land and based upon the culture and the country that they're living in. I'm holding to a higher accountability these men that claim to speak from God, that continue to act like these other guys that are outside the church, that continue to cover up for guys that do these things. Because... As I'd mentioned before, the two things we continue to see and will continue to see are the denials or the what's the big deals of the situation. But see, to me, the most insidious group in all of this is the third one. The third group is the silent group. It's a complicit group. It's a group that continues to allow these things to happen. It's the group that continues to go to a church when you've kind of heard murmurs about what's going on with your pastor and you don't look into it. And you just continue to go because they've got great worship. I love it. Oh, and he seems like a nice guy on stage. He would never do that. Or we're silent because we want the political power. We want things to be the way we want them to be. And we don't care about how we get there. The silent group is the insidious group. 
Well, in all honesty, they're all insidious. You're insidious when you deny someone that says they've been assaulted. You're insidious when you say, what's the big deal? Let's just move on. But for me, for me, the greatest assault against the church isn't the fact that we have these pastors that are doing bad things to people in their congregation or priests that are doing bad things to people in their congregation or these religious leaders that are speaking out and standing behind these men that are doing bad things to other people. Those guys are all horrible. <laughs> Feels if you believe in hell, there's a special place there for them. But it's the complicit ones that allow them to continue to stay in power. I mean, think about it. The CBNs, the Jim Bakers, the complicit ones are the ones that continue to send money. The pastors that continue to, uh, to abuse those in their congregations and not um, allow themselves to have any kind of accountability in their job. The complicit ones put money in the plates every Sunday. The complicit ones add to the numbers that keep this guy's job. The complicit ones don't ask questions. The complicit ones don't say this is wrong and it needs to stop. The complicit ones are the silent killers, but they're also the ones that prop these men up. Now, I'm not one to say boycott, and I, I always hate it when we see political boycotts for stuff, but really, if you're a Christian, if you're a regular attender of church, if there's stanky stuff going on in the church, you need to do something about it. Why? Because guess what? I know they're pastors, I know they're leaders of organizations, but God gave you a brain. He gave you eyeballs when you see something. I mean, it's like what they, they tell people like in the subways, see something, say something. And I always like saw those signs for people that were being either mugged or hurt or assaulted, you know, in these situations. Oh, see something, say something. That, oh, get off your phone and actually help the person that's being assaulted right there. Yes. It's a sad fact that we actually need to be able to post these like in our churches. See something, say something. And let's get to the point where we just are able to have the due process coming out. Let someone be heard. Let them speak. And let them speak in a place where we're allowed to give both parties like equal footing to what's being said here in this certain situation. I know the evangelicals love Kavanaugh because of what he means to them. But I will tell you, none of them knew who Brett Kavanaugh was a year ago. They don't care who he is. They, they will talk endlessly about his gleaming record because they have no idea. They just know that he's their golden boy to give them what they want. It's the same thing they did with Trump. They were willing to roll over to get what they wanted. And who gets hurt in the process? As long as these systems are there, this will continue to happen. Now, in the Kavanaugh case, what can we do about this stuff? Well, you can continue to call your senders, and you can continue to, to protest and stand up for what your right is. But for those that, that, that go to church on a regular basis, that are there on Sundays, that continue to support these Christian organizations, you're responsible. You're responsible for what you support and what you allow to happen in your own communities and spheres. I mean, it's easy to point and say, oh, that man up there, he was a bad leader. He was a bad man. Yeah, but you sat there week after week and were fine with it until the allegations came out. I mean, you heard little whispers and stuff, but you were like, meh, it's nothing. 
You're complicit in that. So for the church to honestly begin to change stuff, the church needs to embrace this idea of transparency. I think the church needs to embrace this idea of a different structure of hierarchy where it's not top to bottom, where someone doesn't wield all the power. Because guess what? The Bible does not lay out a hierarchical situation. (laughs) That's Old Testament stuff, brothers. New Testament stuff, brothers and sisters. Everyone has equal footing with God. We all have a seat at the table. No structures. See that there? But I also loved what what Brandy was pointing out, what Brandy Miller was pointing out in her article, um, she was speaking to something that's really deep too that, that even goes back into something, harkening <laughs> back to Franklin Graham's dad, like the Billy Graham rule. The Billy Graham rule, for those that, you don't, that don't understand, tells people in ministry or just good Christian men that they can never be, um, to be a good Christian man and to avoid the appearance of sin or to avoid sin because you're a lustful, horny little bastard. We all know it. You can never be alone with a woman. You cannot go out to eat with a woman that is not your spouse. You cannot sit in your office without your door open. And if the door does need to be closed, you need to have somebody else in there. So it ends up being the situation where we treat women like they are these weird, like tantalizing sexual objects that have no brains and their only purpose is there for apparently just procreation. So you wonder why we have a messed up view in the Christian church of women because we continue to say, stay away from sin. Women will lead you to sin in this situation. So man, since you can't control yourselves, you just got to control how close the women are to you. As opposed to saying, wait, hold on a second. We're all humans. We can all make decisions. No, we are not uh, completely controlled by our loins moving about in the world like just a bunch of boners bumping into things. No. Men need to be responsible, but part of being responsible is also giving women an equal seat at the table, and that even means in roles of leadership. And one of the reasons that the church continues to push down women to not allow, I mean, I, I've seen this where church is like, yay, we're allowing women to be deacons now. Oh, really? Oh, I'm sure the women are so happy they're finally allowed to have a role of deacon where they can only preach to other women and children. Yes, we have to begin to see ourselves as equals. Church should be a community of people uh, that see the equal value in each other and the value in overall humanity that tries to work together to make this world a better place, that sees the greatness in each other, not sees what we can take from each other, not sees who we can use as a stepping stone to get to what we want. That's not who we are, church. That's not who we are, Christianity. And guess what? If we don't change things, we're going to keep doing the same thing over and over again. Just like, wait, what's going to happen? Oh, Brett Kavanaugh, his accuser, we're going to have her speak in front of Congress? Oh, really? That's going to happen? Has this happened before? Of course, this would probably. Oh, Anita Hill. Will history repeat itself? It sure will if we don't do anything about it. And we watch that happen in the church, and we continue to watch that happen. And we see that happen in Congress and in the world of politics, and we continue to see that happen in the world of the church, where we are acting as if we are something that we are not supposed to be. But we will continue to do it because the church has become selfish and power-hungry. 
church wants structures and this church wants to get people in positions of power and get people on cabinets and get people on the Supreme Court because that's what Jesus commanded in never in the Bible. <laughs> Did not tell us to do that at all. So guess what? Church, if you want to be the church, go out and do the hard work. Stop putting all of your money and your energy into either hiding sin and abuse and grabs for power. And let's just get back to the simple thing. Following the rules of Jesus, following the teachings of Jesus about loving other people, about restoring dignity to people, about the fact that people have a voice and people matter, about the fact that we need to be there to love and to help our common man regardless if we agree with them, and even this is hard for me at times, regardless if we vote like them also. Jesus means to change us from the inside. And guess what? I don't think Jesus means for any of y'all to be rich or full of power. So stop blaming God for all that you're blaming God for and stop giving God credit for stuff that he has nothing to do with. Whether it be a hurricane or whether it be the storm that's happening with Tim Kavanaugh. Doesn't really matter doesn't really matter to what we're called to do. We're called to do the right thing. We're called to, to seek justice, to love mercy, and to walk in the ways of the Lord. The rest of the stuff that I've talked about for the last hour are noise. They are noise. They are distractions. Just like the mouthpieces that continue to speak like the Franklin Grahams. We can do better. We can be better. But it just takes work. So get to work. How's that? Get to work! I'll get to work, you get to work. Hey, let's go make this world a better place and stop being a bunch of a-holes. That's my goal for the week. That should be your goal for the week, too. Well, enough of all that and all the fun... <laughs> that we've had this hour I wanted to at least leave you with something good I wanted to give you something that was good good to leave you with this day here after listening on our show and it simply came from this and it came from and I don't even know who this guy is uh, but at Billablog you rock Bill uh, because he had tweeted this and I, and I feel like it says so much, um, especially when we've talked kind of out all this white guy, this like conservative Christian anxiety that's out there. I think Bill, I think Bill hit the nail on the head. So Bill, even <laughs> whether you know or not, you have the last word. And Bill had said this recently. He said, if you're a man upset at being lumped in with rapist attackers and general arseholes just because of your gender, Maybe take it up with the men who give us a bad name instead of women who have to be on guard 24-7 because of them. Well said, Bill. And I will give you the last word on the show. And as we end this broadcast, just a reminder, you can catch us on podcasts at www.snarkyfaith.com and pretty much anywhere else do you find podcasts. 
Um, so thank you so much for being a part of this. This is all I got this week, and I will be back again next one to hang out, to talk with you, to say so many more things. And I send you off here with grace and peace and the holiest amount of snark. I'm out of here. WCOM is listener-supported community radio, and snarky faith is only possible through our sponsors. Lumen, a spiritual community of seekers, sojourners, question askers, doubters, and skeptics, is a collective of fellow travelers that embrace the truth that all of life is sacred, hope is real, and tomorrow can be a better day than today. All are welcome. You can find more information at www.lumencommunities.com.